the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, June the 20th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1782, Congress approved the Great Seal of the United States, featured the emblem of the bald eagle. Today in 1863, West Virginia became the 35th state. Today in 1893, a jury in New Bedford, Massachusetts, found Lizzie Borden. You know the name Borden from the condensed milk cans that said Borden and a whole bunch of other products. A very, very wealthy family. She was the heir to the wealth. She'd been charged with murdering her father and her stepmother with an axe. She was found not guilty today in 1893. Today in 1944, during World War II, Japanese naval forces retreated in the Battle of the Philippine Sea. They suffered heavy losses to the victorious American fleet. Today in 1967, boxer, Muslim, Muhammad Ali was convicted in Houston of violating selective service laws by refusing to be drafted. He was sentenced to five years in prison, but it was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Today in 2014, President Obama granted an array, a whole bunch of new benefits to same-sex couples, including those living in states where gay marriage was against the law. New measures range from Social Security, veterans' benefits, to work leave for caring for sick spouses, and a whole list of other benefits, just as though they were married. I want to talk to you a little bit today about an institution that is, I believe, is under attack. We celebrated it yesterday, at least some of us did. Father's Day, I hope you did. We did. Some of our kids were over and grandkids, and we got together and celebrated the fathers in our family. Although I, of course, just between you and me, am the most important father in our family. I do have two sons-in-law and a son who are also fathers. So we celebrated them, too. But I am the uh, Father's Day is a is an incredibly important aspect. It speaks to a lot much larger issue. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. So stay with me. I want to say some direct things, but. Um, I hope that from this we can find uh, a sense of praying for fathers and when there's an opportunity to lift up fathers to do so. Fathers are incredibly important to family, and God created the family unit. We've come to call the traditional family the nuclear family, meaning a dad and a mom and some kids. Uh, We've come up with all kinds of alternatives to that today, and I understand there are people caught in those circumstances that didn't want to be there. They wanted to have a normal family, a mom, a dad, and kids, and it was beyond their control. I understand that. I, As a pastor, I've counseled and spoken with 
I don't know, hundreds, thousands, at least hundreds of people over my lifetime in those circumstances. Believe me, I understand in my heart. But I want to talk about what God sees as the best. And we should strive for that and we should protect it in our culture today. We're not doing that. Fatherhood is under attack. We look around us and there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of confusion. The thing to do when you just get fed up with it or you get overwhelmed by it is to turn to the word of the Lord. And you wonder, is anybody in control? Is anybody leading this mass of stuff? Well, God isn't leading it, but God is certainly in control. I'm always reminded of Psalm 33, 9. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. He's in control. And one of my favorites is Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. If you can find a clear night, depending on which side of the Cascade you live on or the mountains, you guys in Arizona always have clear skies and blue skies and beautiful sunshine, but oh, the Northwest. But nonetheless, if you can find a clear night, you look up into the sky at night and you'll see a billion stars. God put them there and they're on a predictable, absolute course. And science is trying to figure out how it happened. And the evidence is everywhere. There is an intelligent God, all-knowing, who created all things. He put the heavens there. And we see the benefit of it. We see the shadow. We see the reflection of it in our skies, even as we speak when we go out at night and look up. God did it all. If I'm remembered for anything, I'd like to be remembered as the guy who always told people, anybody that he could get to listen to him, that God is in control, because he is. And that should bring great comfort to all of us. But you know, it's interesting. Belief in God among U.S. citizens sank to an all-time low this year. Gallup survey came out over the weekend with a new survey They said, according to the survey, most U.S. adults, 81%, believe in God. But, Gallup says, but while that figure seems high, it's actually the lowest percentage ever reported in this survey. Up until 2011, over 90% said they believed in God, but the numbers continued to drop, now down eight points from the 89% who expressed belief in God in 2016. Gallup says the previous low was set in 2014, when 86% said they believed in God. When Gallup first started asking this, they've been asking this question for years. They've been around for a long time, as you probably know, Gallup survey, Gallup polling, and so on. But when Gallup first started asking this question in 1953, 1954, 1965, and 1967, all those years, 98% of Americans told them they believe in God. Overall, 17% currently say that they do not believe in God, according to this this survey. And that 17% is primarily made up of young people and leftists. This is Gallup, not me, speaking. Young people and leftists are the 17% who say they don't believe in God. The growing number 
of 17%. And they're most likely not to believe. They're not interested. Belief in God has fallen in the most the most in recent years among young adults and the left, Gallup wrote, uh, on the political spectrum, meaning, these are their words again, liberals and Democrats. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the consequences of this. That is a concern, obviously. We're not reaching our children, according to this um, poll and survey, and that's not surprising to any of us, not to me. It's, it's profoundly concerning, but it's not surprising. We can't drop our kids off at a public institution that we call public schools and let them sit there for three to six hours under almost constant now indoctrination of some kind and then let them come out and come home too often to a, an empty or a baby home or a babysitter or a caretaker and expect them to grow up with a biblical worldview. We've got to lean into that and make that happen in our families. And a family with a father is the optimum. And I know, as I said, I don't want to overstate this, but I I understand if you're in a situation, if you're a single mom and you didn't want to be a single mom, I understand that. Or a single father and you didn't want to be a single father. You wanted to be married to the mother of your child. I, I understand. Believe me, my heart aches. I've seen it again and again and again, but we don't change the model that we all strive for in all of these cases, including in family and marriage, because of our particular circumstances. Poll this last week said, Father's Day is this Sunday. Do you believe it's important? And uh, it was taken by Rasmussen reports, Rasmussen reports, They found that 67% of American adults think being a father is the most important role for a man to fill in today's world. Only 17% disagreed. Another 16% said they didn't know if fatherhood was important or not. 16% of Americans don't even know if a father is important or not. I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the forces that are working against. There are many, but I want to talk about a couple of them that are incredibly visible, that are working against the family and against fatherhood. The Seattle Times article, lead article this morning, number one article, right in your face when you take a look at the Seattle Times. It says, this will be the first year that many people will have a paid Juneteenth holiday. Since the U.S. and Washington State made Juneteenth an official holiday in 2021, this year a little less than a third of private employers nationwide are giving workers a paid day off, up from 8% in 2020, according to the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans. Juneteenth uh, commemorates June 19, 1865, when enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, were finally told the Emancipation Proclamation over two years after had been issued. It was, it's been a long day when black Americans in Texas and beyond have celebrated freedom from slavery through community gatherings and festivities. But now that so many in the wider public are discovering Juneteenth for the first time and those with paid holidays are getting a paid day off, how can those who have not been directly harmed by the legacy of slavery honor the meaning of the day, celebrate it with respect and continue to push for racial justice? Seattle Times then editorializes in their news piece, and they say this, 
How can we avoid Juneteenth becoming just another commercialized holiday, divorced from its history and purpose, and disproportionately benefiting those who already benefit the other 364 days? There's got to be the racist element, of course, in this, even in the announcement of the fact that it is Juneteenth. So all of the people who benefit the other 364 days, they're asking for full attention to be given to this. I would say in, in, in love and with grace, we have given our attention to this issue. America is the only nation in the history of the world that has fought a war against itself to free slaves. Slavery is wrong. God condemns it. We should condemn it. And we did. As imperfect, sinful human beings, saved by the grace of God, if we're Christians, we fought each other in this nation and killed each other to set the slaves free. I mean, we need to keep that in focus, I think. And before you start to think, boy, he's a racist, just remember, and if you're new to this program, and I know there's new listeners all the time, but just know that I have spent probably more time than you or the people you know in Africa and other countries working in missionary work. I've worked among them. I've stayed in their homes. I've loved them, and I do. And I have many friends. I'm not a racist, but I will tell you, we're going to have to get real about these things. Because fatherhood, the fact that fatherhood is being squeezed and squeezed out of the mix in June, along with some other things, and we'll get to that in a moment, that's a sign. It isn't just that fathers want the whole day. I mean, I don't speak for fathers, but I am one and a grandfather. I don't think we want much, but it concerns me to see how fatherhood is being squelched and being squeezed into a little compartment way off on the margin. When fatherhood, even by 67% of Americans, is seen to be one of the most important roles that you can have in your life. So we're finding ourselves saying one thing and doing something else, and the something else has enormous consequences. U.S. Census Bureau Bureau put out a uh, piece just recently, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Center for Disease Control, and they said other agencies are part of this report. uh, Children from fatherless homes are five times more likely to live in poverty nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to go to prison, higher risk of drug and alcohol abuse, increased incidence of internalized and externalized aggressive behavior problems, greater chance of runways and homelessness, runaway and runaways and homelessness, and twice as likely to commit suicide. That's why fathers are important. That's the stats. And that's not from a pastor or somebody who's promoting family, like myself, it's from the U.S. Census Bureau, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, CDC, Disease Control. When we say, what are we going to do about the gun violence? The first thing we could do would be to address the family and strengthen the family and put put laws and policies in place to strengthen the family. America once did that. The IRS, the tax system, was built around strengthening 
the nuclear family, the mom and dad and kids family. But now that's under attack. Barack Obama was an attacker of family, although he saw his as important, I'm sure. He worked tirelessly. So did Joe Biden, now President Biden. They worked tirelessly to redefine marriage and family and all that has to do with that. And the idea of being, it's a virtue signaling exercise. I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a homophobe. I'll show you. And when they're in power, they're changing, constantly changing the rules and the policies, and they're diminishing the family, and they're diminishing the role of the father, the biological father, to children. And they do nothing to strengthen marriage as God created it. That's the problem we have. So the next time you hear the word gun violence, and it'll probably be within 10 minutes after you get through with this program, don't don't go listen now. Wait till we're... <laughs> but it's everywhere. I mean, every night you turn on the news and it's, what are we going to do about gun violence? Well, we could start with strengthening the family, God's model for the human race. That is God's model for sustainability. This crisis of fatherlessness is the social issue of our day, yet it goes all but unnoticed because we're buried in this rush to pride and abolition. Abolition is a good thing. As I said, we fought ourselves, we killed ourselves and fought a war, a civil war. And in the end, Abraham Lincoln, who led us through that war, was shot and killed himself over his stand on the fact, God's truth, that no man should own another man. Let's take a deep breath and get real about all of this. Abolition provided liberty. Gay pride precedes the fall. Do you know what the letters of LGBTQ plus stand for? And then they just keep adding and adding and adding these letters and numbers and symbols and all these acronyms. It's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The plus sign, these are their words on their websites. The plus sign is to recognize, quote, I'm quoting, to recognize the limitless sexual orientations and gender identities used by members of our community. And yet you see these people out on the streets. Portland, Oregonian is this morning. Seattle's Pride Parade, and that's what they call it, Pride Fest, is next weekend. I'm sure it includes a parade, but it includes a Pride Fest for two days on Capitol Hill. Portland, Oregonian says this morning, thousands of people marched in Portland's Pride Parade Sunday to celebrate progress that the LGBTQ plus blah, blah, blah community has made, but also to highlight challenges that remain. Though people think we're in the 21st century and have moved on, it's even more important nowadays to come out and show our pride. This Babylon Brooks is a drag persona, a drag person named Levi. I don't know which is the real name and the the drag name, but anyway. Babylon Brooks, who rode in the parade with the charity group Sweethearts of Portland, cited concerns about anti-gay and anti-trans bills that have been introduced in the Midwest and the South. And the alleged foiled attempt by white nationalists to disrupt a a pride event in northern Idaho earlier this month. Well, it was last week. No matter how you try to legislate against us, this Babylon Brooks is telling the Oregonian and they're publishing it, 
front page. No matter how you try to legislate against us, no matter how you try to outlaw our existence, we're still here, and we're not going anywhere. So we say we think that fatherhood and family are essential, yet we celebrate pride in all these multiple kinds of sexual orientation. Who else in the world is identified by what they do in bed or somewhere else with another person? We've got to get real on these matters. These are the things that destroy God's model for family. We often talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, and we should. God put it in the Bible. All of the Bible is inspired by God, given through imperfect people, but it's a perfect message. It's infallible, the Word of God. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, the Bible says, Behold, This was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. What the Lord is saying through the prophet Ezekiel is, remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, your sister Sodom, they were prideful. They were possessed by pride. They were prosperous. They were they were absent of any responsibility, personal responsibility, and number four, they were selfish. That's the problem, and that's the bigger problem, and that's the result of all of this nonsense that's connected to all these various unknown kinds of sexual expressions under the PLUS acronym. That's what's wrong in our culture today. I know, I know the criticism. I know what people would think of the words I'm saying now, but this is the truth because it lines up with God's word. I believe there is a war on fatherhood. The crisis of fatherlessness is the social issue that cuts across the boundaries of gender and politics and religion. We should all be working to build and rebuild fatherhood, regardless of our backgrounds and our upbringings, our beliefs, our leanings. Democrats should be in favor of, young Democrats should be in favor of fatherhood, but they're not. They're a declining support of fatherhood. Why? Because we have popularized, we have celebrated pride. And pride always goes before a fall. Always. 100% of the time. Why? Because God says it does. It just doesn't work. And yet our nation has turned itself, particularly states like Washington and Oregon in particular, and California, and you know the states, we're obsessed with celebrating what somebody wants to do in a sexual act and behavior somewhere, wherever, on this planet. We are obsessed with that, and we pride ourselves in supporting it to show that we're virtuous. And it is the depravity that God has condemned and called an abomination. So this crisis of fatherlessness, there is no position to support fatherhood in the LGBTQ whatever movement. It just doesn't exist there. They are busily with the support of millions of uninformed people in America who don't even realize they're helping in the dismantling of this culture. They are dismantling the idea of family and marriage. When we come on the air every day, the you hear the announcement, it's about faith, freedom, and family. 
Those are interconnected. That's why we use that. That's why we use it in our ministry. Without faith, you have no basis to build a family. Without freedom, you have no basis to publicly serve the Lord. That's why the pilgrims came over here in the first place. Doesn't matter what these people say about 1619 and all that kind of stuff. People came here to serve the Lord, to be open. I think I think there's an unrelenting effort to abolish the nuclear family, recalling not only the dictates and demands of Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, but also the rants of the radical feminists in the 1960s and 70s. Do you know that those feminists that told your little girls to burn their bras and go be a man or be whatever they want to be, do you know that those women ended up, for the most part, getting married and having kids and settling down somewhere after they'd made millions selling their books and leading the parades? That's a fact. The whole thing is a delusion. Sodom and Gomorrah was caught in that. And so are we. Oh, it's the act. It's the sexual acts that are performed and that are celebrated. But it is the pride that destroys. And this is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. And it's squeezing even the whole the focus on fatherhood down to a few ads on television trying to sell whatever under the banner of Father's Day. And I'm all for commercialism. I'm, I'm a capitalist. I think it's great. But man, we are obsessed. We spend 10 minutes celebrating fathers, and we spend our lifetime, practically 365, celebrating homosexuality. What's the matter with us? We're uninformed, and we're led by the blind, and the blind are obsessed with what they're doing, and they, they have forgotten the truth of the Lord if they ever knew it. I mean, that's where we are today, and we need to strengthen the family. We need to do what we can do to pick up the family, and there's a, there needs to be a movement. I mean, this is just one little thing, but there needs to be a movement, I, mean, I think, Somebody will say, well, why don't you do it, Gary? Well, I'm over 40. I don't. But somebody needs to go out there and create a movement that we celebrate, have a month of fatherhood and a month of motherhood and celebrate the traditional values that are associated with fathers and great fathers of all time and celebrate it. We need to get it into the curriculum in the schools. And people say, oh, that would be offensive. That's the issue. It is offensive, and we've taken this path, and it's a path to destruction. Fatherlessness is a profound issue, profound. Amala Ekpunami, she's a black, young black lady. She works with Dennis Prager at Prager University, Prager U. She wrote an article today. In fact, I included it on our website. You can look, see it there at faithandfreedom.us. She begins prison, homelessness, obesity, teen pregnancy, drug abuse, single parenthood, dropping out of school. This is a black lady speaking, young woman. Unfortunately, if you grow up without a father in this country, you are far more likely to experience all of these. We talked about that a moment ago. She goes on to say that she luckily escaped some of that, but she too grew up in a single home. And she writes a profound and penetrating article about why this is not the path 
that we should be taking that we are taking. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Always a pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.